What's going on, people? We have got a fantastic show for you today. We have been joined by Maceo Owens, the ERG homegirl. So Maceo has ran ERGs for companies like DoorDash, currently running the ERG for OpenTable as well as Kayak. She started her career in customer experience and just saw a huge opportunity to take on the role of leading ERG. She's led multiple ERGs. We talk about the governance that's required as well as the resources and how you can run a successful ERG in your organization. Feel free to share this episode with anybody inside your company that's leading or running the ERG. You are in for a good one. So welcome everybody. I've got a fantastic guest here today on the ERG podcast, uh, Maceo Owens, aka ERG Homegirl. Maceo, how you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to to join us. Uh, really excited to learn from you about your experiences within ERGs and kind of some of the things that you think people should really start to pay attention to. So again, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, there's a lot on this. So yeah, excited to talk about it. So I, I think it's only right if we start with the story, like how did you get into leading ERGs? Like, like where did that start? And what made you so passionate about it? Because we were talking offline and I know this is your thing. You are all things ERGs. You said like, how did you get to that point? Yeah, it's, I will give the semi-abbreviated version because it can get pretty lengthy. But I'll say it really started um, at my last company that I was at. I was, I was actually a support agent at the time. A lot of people don't know, but only, I've only been within the ERG space for two years. Granted, since I've been in it, I'm all the way in it. And I, wow. That's all I think about. Um, but in in general, it's only been about two years. Um, so actually, at, towards the end of 2019, um, I was trying to get a promotion, just trying to be like supervisor um, in my current role. And I was denied for it because basically I was told that I was not social enough, which I was like, can is that a reason to deny someone? Like, they're like, you don't talk to anyone. You're just in your own world. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> beyond I, the fact that. How'd that, make you, how'd that make you feel? Um, I was very, very upset to the yeah. point where I was actually about to quit. Um, I mean, and it, it became a thing where it wasn't about performance anymore. And that was, it felt like an excuse. And I feel like a lot of people from backgrounds like myself like that's kind of what we're met with a lot of the time when we reach out for more and that's it felt like normal stuff and like this is I guess what it is this is what happens when I'm in a support role keep in mind didn't go to college like literally entry level so yeah I just thought that's what it was and I happened to stumble across um ERGs I didn't know all that time right the company even had ERGs. There was a black ERG, and I was like, "What is? There's other black people here who knew." 
Um, maybe I would be more social if I knew that. Um, so just a lot of feelings came up immediately once I found out, like, there are, like, Black employee communities that, and this is, like, a normal thing. Like, I had never heard of it. And honestly, even to this day, a lot of my friends, they never heard, like, they didn't, they don't even know that ERGs exist within their company. Yeah. So, yeah, really, that's one of the things that still drives me to this day is the fact that people, even if they've heard of ERGs, they don't really know what they are or what they can do for people. Um, so, yeah, I jumped in immediately, became a co-chair of the Black ERG, um, and then COVID happened. Yeah. And then Black Lives Matter movement happened. So that's definitely a fun time to be a Black ERG lead. Um, <laughs> lots of responsibility uh, coming out of that. And just the experience that I got, the networking with the executives, meeting other people, uh, eventually it became a natural fit that I moved into that company's people team, uh, helping to lead the ERGs there. Wow. So it was a journey based on the fact that I suppose the opposite was to be said about you. You were not social enough, but then you flipped that and became the most social person inside of the organization leading that charge and saying, yo, I'm social. I'm going to show you how I'm social and I care. It's funny because I, I had a similar experience a while back. Um, I was leading a company as CEO and I remember talking mm. to one of my colleagues and um, and this was me leading it. And maybe it was just the way that I, I interacted with people or got on and they felt like, yeah, like you're not, you're not really one that builds culture. I remember them saying that to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. Yeah. None of my friends would say that to me. My, like none, none of my sisters would say that to me. None, like I'm the first there. I'm the one that wants to be. And I think that there's this thing, like you mentioned, like being able to firstly interact with other people. Cause I was at the top of that organization. So that like, it could say it's down to me. So I needed to change that. But when you're, you're kind of in an entry level, as you mentioned, and you're growing and they use that thing of like the culture. Mm -hmm. like Even yeah, when it doesn't exist. Right, right. What is the culture? How do we define that? So uh, yeah, and it also sounds to me like visibility is key, right? Knowing that these ERGs exist and knowing that you can stay visible and you can start to continue. So that's, yeah, really, really interesting. And I was yeah. just, just thinking about the purpose behind these ERGs. So you mentioned, this has come up quite a lot, with people that there are multiple ERGs for different topics, different purposes and different reasons. What do you believe is the core purpose of an ERG? Why should it exist? I think it's the core purpose, I would say, would be to help employees from these underrepresented backgrounds feel like they have a place in the company and like they matter. At its core, I yeah. think I will say, like, I do think that now there has to be some sort of business involvement with ERGs. They have to be more than just community. But that being said, it can still work hand in hand if done right. But at its core, people who are from these like marginalized backgrounds, they feel like this is not a place where I can be myself. Yeah. And therefore, it even show, shows up where I can't do my best work. Or I'm not being um, like judged appropriately when it comes to performance reviews. Like all these things come out of it. So at its core, I think that that's what ERG solve. So really driving that inclusivity 
and making sure feel pe- people feel like they belong as part of the organization. Like you said, being themselves. Like one of my favorite sayings is uh, be yourself because everybody else is taken. Mm. And I love that. Yeah, I think too many times like we've probably had to be in environments where we've like you hear about like code switching or like trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to and 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 it's tiring, right? Um, it's really tiring exactly. and it takes its toll over a long and it's not like tiring immediately, it's over a long period of time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, let, let's maybe dive into a little bit more around the specifics of like how do you make people feel like they belong? So you're all in on this ERG. Uh, movement and 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 notion you I noticed just from looking at your LinkedIn you're managing a couple of ERGs for really like well-known companies I saw that Kayak was on there Open Table was on there um, and you had some experience before as I was looking at um, uh, DoorDash you were doing some some work there firstly like how how do you are, are you managing multiple ERGs are you managing uh, one ERG and then, like, how do you structure those ERGs? Mm, that is a fun question. Well, I will say I manage one ERG program, yep. five ERGs. Um, Ability uh, is one. Q for people of color, pride, um, women, and veterans, valor. Um, is, that for, is, is, is that for one company, Macy, or is that for multiple companies? For one, well, Open Table and Kayak are sister companies, so it's ah, one ERG yeah. program that spans across them both. So, I th- yeah, I thought so. Actually, I, I, Open Table is actually one of my favorite companies. <laughs> I've been using that wonderful thing for years. Love to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, got it. So, you've got the oversight on five ERGs across these two companies, but as you mm-hmm. mentioned, they they have different purposes. So tell me a little bit more about like, uh, them, yeah. yeah, I'd love to learn a little bit more about each of them and what you're trying to do within the ERG and how you support them to be successful. Yeah, I think as a basic one thing, not just at Open Table and Kayak, but just in general that I'm seeing with companies that they need is just a restructure, going back to that word. Um, oftentimes ERGs either, they existed before 2020 and they didn't really have an impact like that likely um maybe they had some events here and there but for the most part companies were fine with letting erg leaders like free roam and just handle things accordingly yeah like i said before i think that with the movements that have happened in the past couple years with remote work like there has to be more organization behind ergs it cannot just be ERG leaders like in a free for all anymore. So a lot of my work is putting establishing that structure. So I start typically with like really clear mission, vision, values, training. Like that yeah. is like the basics of it. Um, clear roles for ERG leaders because oftentimes, um, yeah, like the ERG will have maybe three, sometimes up to ten people involved in their ERG, but no one has clear roles. Therefore, it's harder to get things done. So that's another issue that I see happen a lot. So that was something that needed addressing. Then the ERGs need a way to to promote themselves, to get new members. They need a strategy that they're working towards. So all these things are like part of what I do on the daily um, and like like setting that foundation. So that mission, as you mentioned, and the vision really drives the purpose 
and the day-to-day of it, right? Like, so you have an understanding of like, what do you come to this ERG for? What are you expecting to get from it? Uh, as far as like logistically, if you look at these ERGs, how many people do you have in each of these ERGs? And then based on the number of people you have, do you have folks that are also like helping you manage that as well? Like, do they have like more of a senior role inside of that ERG or is it just you managing them? So I manage mainly like the high level strategy piece. Each of the ERGs, they have leaders. Okay, cool. Um, typically, yeah, a scaling system that I've been using in my brain, because sometimes I do help like other companies too when they ask for recommendations. I think if you have under a thousand employees, you can get away with like three leaders. But definitely if you have more, I recommend like a seven leader structure where it's once again, clear roles, two co-chairs, two communications chairs, two events chairs, and a finance person um, is typically my go-to structure. And then sometimes with companies with like 4,000 or more people, they can look to chapters. I'm not a big fan of ERG chapters, but sometimes there can be a more complex structure there with the leadership, but definitely you need a leadership team for each of them. And ideally people that come from that community um allies can be of assistance uh when it's not impossible for allies to serve on that leadership team too i'll say that but ideally they come from the community and 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 how often are these leaders meeting how often are they meeting with themselves together to make decisions and really hone in on the strategy it ranges and i think depending on the ERG, they can customize that a little. However, I will say the basic meetings that need to happen, like a minimum cadence for sure. Yeah, I think that with their members, so the leaders and their members of their ERGs, I say monthly. I'm not even a fan of quarterly. Uh, there yeah. needs to be like a constant point of engagement. Among the leadership team, absolute minimum monthly but that monthly meeting should be very effective like there are ways to host an effective meeting where you're not just talking in circles because that's I've been part of it a lot of the time where like you just get in this intimate group of people from your community and now it's like let's like all just like just talk and get things off our chest which I think that there's spaces for that that you can create but within that ERG leadership meeting you're there to get things done so having a really clear agenda and then I would also say um, I encourage meetings amongst all the leaders in the company, all the ERG leaders. Um, This way they can kind of collaborate, learn some best practices that other people are doing. And lastly, a meeting with their executive sponsor um, is another one too. That that executive sponsor piece seems like it's key because I've heard a few times from speaking to individuals that in ERG, so that the employees themselves, that this is nice. We have a place where people have conversations, but it doesn't help me, or I'm not sure on how to navigate inside the organization based on this. Like, I'm not sure like what I get out of it because Mm. a lot of the time we've seen with ERGs, it has been people that need the help that are being asked to provide the help. And then it's like, I want to get promoted or I want to navigate. Like you said, and you've obviously been super proactive about it and decided to flip it on its head. like, yeah, I'm not social. All right, let's see if I'm not social and kind of go to that mode. But then there are other folks that maybe you've got someone that's working in data science and they're more introverted and they want Mm -hmm. to figure out how do they become a senior data scientist. 
like is there paths for that and can the ERGs help to support that? What have you seen as examples that have been positive and also maybe some of the negative examples of challenges that where sponsors have come into an ERG and played some kind of role? Like what should they be doing and what shouldn't they be doing? Yeah, I'll automatically, when it comes to sponsors, I, I automatically think about the executive sponsor of Black at DoorDash, who was like, for me, the model example of an executive sponsor. His name was Ryan, um, head of head of engineering, big fan of him. Um, and he was an ally, a white man who was sponsoring the Black at DoorDash ERG. Um, one thing that I left out of my story earlier is that eventually I did end up actually quitting DoorDash. Um, after doing all that work and I was like, it wasn't even about not being compensated as a leader. It was just not being compensated even in my day job where a lot of this work started to eventually bleed over into. Um, just feeling that underappreciation there um, and I just quit. That being said, that same day that I, I quit, um, the Ryan, he reached out to me via email and was like, we have to find a way to get you back at DoorDash. Right. Um, and within a month, I was back on the people team. Now as a salaried employee, double my uh, before earnings. Like my life changed because my executive sponsors showed up in wow. such an impactful way. So to that point, I mean, that being said, there had to be a relationship built with the executive sponsors. So even with them being willing to take time, at least on a monthly cadence to meet with the ERG leads, to learn what are some um, pain points that this community is having? What are some pain points that you all are experiencing? Um, mentorship, I think, is a really powerful way for executive sponsors to show up where there is that one-on-one -on -one connection. Uh, and then also just amplifying whatever initiatives the ERG is leading. So if they can promote it to the other executives in the company, if they can uh, promote it to their team and say that ERGs, this is what they have come, going on, um, you all should show up. Executive sponsors really serve, in in my opinion, as super influencers, like mega yeah. influencers. So whatever they say kind of goes. It gives people permission to to do things. So even, but obviously for me, in that case, uh, he gave permission almost to the company to say like, no, she's worth vouching for and worth bringing her back. So there's there's so many ways that they can show up, but those are some some good ones for sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That that mentorship piece is key. And then as you as you mentioned, a particular scenario of you being able to move through the organization just by them having that visibility and knowing mm -hmm. what you're doing. And, and I think that's a, a yeah, that's a big part. And sometimes, and I was asking this a little bit earlier, maybe we could dive into it, was like the numbers of people that are in each ERG. How many do you have in each of the ERGs? Because one of the things that I think about is like you can also get lost. So you're the leader. Okay, that's great for you. Um, and people know you. But what about employee 542? Like, how do they get that visibility? And what should they be doing inside the ERG? Mm, yeah, so I'll say numbers wise, it can also range per community. In yeah. general, I used to think that the women's ERG always had the highest amount of engagement. Yeah. And in most cases, I think that that's true in terms of like highest amount of members. Um, so that's something that we do. It's not common. Not every company, I'll say. Um, however, my approach to ERG success is first, before even focusing on 
how many members does each ERG have? I focus on the reach of the ERG program as a whole. Reach specifically meaning of the amount of people that are in the company, how many of them have ever went to any ERG event? How many of them have ever joined any Slack channel? And that's where the data comes in. I'm big on data, okay. big fan of it. But that being said, my goal first is to try to increase that reach to at least 75%. That's my number that I go by. I want three out of four people in the entire company to have engaged in ERGs in some way, even if it's through a project or something. It, it doesn't have to be an event, but I need to know that they have had hands-on interaction with ERG because this way people don't get missed. I was a support employee at a company for two years yeah. before I found out that ERGs existed. So wow. now I can't let that happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, wow. And so you mentioned like the data is key for you and you you look at that. What is the main KPI that you think people should be looking at if they're managing an ERG or they're part of an ERG? Like what's what are the maybe one or two key KPIs? The program reach, the one I just said, for sure, that has to be one. You yeah. have to know. You can't improve. What gets measured gets improved. So therefore, on the vice versa, you can't improve what you don't measure because you don't know where you're at currently. So I most people I know are not currently measuring and seeing what their company reach is. So that's thing number one. Can can we dive um, a little bit deeper into that, Maceo? When you say program yeah. reach, just to make sure I'm clear and the audience is clear, what does that actually mean? So you say they interact with maybe an event or they've been part of something. Is that like over a, a an annual basis, every 30 days, every 60? Like, how do you define program reach? Yes, I'll give the formula, actually. Okay. In general, oh, I wow. would love to say ever. Yeah, but yeah. if I were to go back to ever, that means that there's a lot of work to be done in terms of pulling past Zoom reports or like event attendance reports. There's a lot of that historical work. So I'll say... Start where you can. Either you can start at the beginning of 2022. Yep. You can start um, at the beginning of this quarter or even uh, the second half of the year. Start somewhere. You can even start where you're at now. But this is these are the three things that I pull for, for technically. So thing one, in terms of engagement, what that means, you want to pull your event attendance reports from Zoom. That's thing one. Yep. Second, you want to pull your um your slack channel members or if you don't use slack if you use teams your teams channel members if you use neither just pull a distro list whatever you're using currently yep um that tells you who your members are the third thing is if you have any um projects so projects could range in a number of things um sometimes i've seen things like oh we're sourcing black owned businesses like if you comment a business in this doc you know we'll note your name and we'll like say that you contributed to the ERG in this way. Or maybe it's something small where it's a, a poll or a survey or a form. You want to get as much information of the, the forms and things that you put out there and see who has participated in those three things. From there, those are the three touch points of ERGs, either in a project, in an event, or they're in some sort of messaging app. Yeah. Um, from those three things, you'll be able to see everyone who's touched the ERG program. You want to put that number over the total amount of people in the company. So typically, oh. right now, if companies were to do that, they're likely going to see something between 25 and 
honestly closer to like 30. Low 30s is pretty average for most companies. That is what they want to get up and increase the amount of time, like people who have ever touched the ERG program. Got it. Okay, that's that's that, that's interesting. It's clear. Um, the reach is is key to make sure that you have the visibility. Because if you don't mm -hmm. have the visibility and awareness of what's going on, then there can be no action that can be taken place. Um, even then, I was just going to say, even then, the visibility will tell you who's not engaged, which right. is just as important as who is. So then you're able to see by department, oh, like, and nine times out of 10, you will see the support department with all the hourly employees and nine times out of 10 with most of the underrepresented people in your company who are in hourly positions their engagement will be extremely low. And yeah. that's already an area of opportunity. So yeah, lots comes out of data. And, and and how often do you expect people to be engaged in the ERG? Is it daily, weekly, monthly? I would say monthly is fair. Okay. Um, I, I think monthly is fair. and But it's important that you give, that ERG leaders give a way for people to be engaged because sometimes ERG leaders will complain like our engagement is low, but it's like, okay, well, did you host an event? Yeah. Over the past three months? No. Okay. Are you all posting regularly in Slack, trying to build community? No. So how do you want, you can't be mad people aren't engaging if there's nothing provided for them to engage with. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then, so if we dive a little bit deeper into the structure of each of the ERGs. So you mentioned Slack a couple of times as one one way to do it. Maybe people are using Teams, maybe even people are using EQ, right? Because we, we and we can talk about that as well. Okay. Um, yeah. But as far as the structure itself, how do you structure the topics and who comes up with that? Is that down to the leads to say, these are the different channels inside of the ERG that people should be having conversations around? And like, how how's the, how are those decisions made? In my opinion, and yeah. it's a strong opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we like strong some, opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's typically how I operate in. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially if there's someone in a position like me where I'm leading the ERG program, I need to be the one who sets those standards okay. for a few reasons. But really, uniformity, I think, is an underrepresented, not underrepresented, underutilized tool. Like yeah. People don't understand the benefit of your ERGs being uniform in their structure. But really, it like people respect a clean looking ERG program. Oftentimes, maybe you're the reason why people aren't engaging because if it's messy, if everyone's using all these different tools and all these different channels, it's gonna be that much harder for employees to justify to their manager like, oh, I wanna join an ERG because it's not gonna be easy for people to go and learn about your ERG or to participate. So. Across the board, I would say make it really clear across the ERGs. Like this is the process on how you'll engage people. Slack is where you'll build your community. You're gonna have a regular event. Yeah. You should do some sort of project or initiative on a quarterly basis. So it should be the same across all ERGs. Got it. So the structure is key, um, ensuring that you have that uniformity. And mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier around the leadership team. And one of the key areas that you mentioned in leadership was finance. So budgets are some things that come up quite a lot um, when we have conversations around ERG and we speak to people. How do you think about really creating the 
appropriate budget for each ERG? Like what should you have as an ERG and how do you determine that? And um, if you can share some examples even better, like of kind of general ballpark numbers, because I think people are always like, what should the budget be if I'm doing an event or I have a speaker in or like, how how do we, how do we manage that? Yeah, that's a fun topic because I've seen companies with budgets of 50,000 and I've seen companies with budgets of 2,000. I've seen companies with no budget. So yeah. Yeah. it ranges. Yeah. I would say the unfortunate thing is that ERG leaders don't have control over how much budget they're given. <laughs> what they do have control over is when they are given budget, how they're using it. Right. Um, and that is what's going to help increase your case for a budget. Um, I think I've, like I said, I've seen this huge range, um, but nine times out of 10, not always, but often companies with a larger ERG budget, the ERG leaders just kind of spend it very frivolously, a good amount, maybe like five to 10,000 on swag alone, which is like, <laughs> wow. I mean, it's cool, but the fact that some companies like are really operating off of a $1,000 budget and they're still, they can bring more impact to their members off that $1,000 budget than that $10,000, $5,000 in swag shows a lot. So I would say definitely when you, with whatever budget you have, making sure that you're very intentional on how it's spent and the impact that it's bringing to your community and not just throwing money around to throw it. Even some companies, the crazy thing on the other side of the spectrum would be some companies with these smaller budgets don't know how to spend it. It'll be right. the end of the year. They may have only $1,000 for the whole year and they're like, we don't know what to spend it on, which is crazy because it's like, it was only a thousand, but it happens. But well, with that, it's, that's why you gotta be intentional. I was just going to jump in there and say like, so being intentional, if you've got, let's say a thousand, 10,000, what would be your top two or three things that you think is worth spending money on in an ERG? Top two or three. That's a tough one. The Here's what I'll say, how to determine it. Right. Because I won't say the same thing across all ERGs, but here's how to determine it. One thing I always recommend for every ERG is to do either a focus group or a brainstorming session with their members. Like they can do it live in a meeting or they can do it asynchronously in like some sort of brainstorming tool. Yeah. But this way they know from their members, what do you want from this ERG? Because if the ERG leaders just go and decide what should be spent, they could buy something that's totally off from what the people want. And that's the most important thing with ERGs is what do the people want? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the best way to determine it for sure. Got it. So make so make making that process of budgeting, spending inclusive, right? Which is the nature of the ERG. So almost crowdsourcing that. So when it comes down to it, it's like, hey, like you kind of voted on that or said this is what we were going to do, and you mm -hmm. were part of that, and that's what you wanted, and that's why we have this. Okay, that's yeah, really insightful. Um, and that's data that you can provide after. Like, it's not just, it's no longer just saying, oh, we spent this amount of money for the year. Now it's saying X amount of people, like, rated on a scale of one to five. Like, it was a five in importance that we donate to our community externally. So, therefore, we developed a strategy on how we're spending this money to donate to our community in very intentional ways. Like, that's a whole nother conversation than just showing, oh, we spent. 2000 on an event or 3000 in audiobook credits or 
what have you. So it, it helps them at the end of the year, whenever they do performance reviews, to be able to really articulate their value to the organization too. Yeah. So we, we talked about the data kind of leading up to that. So let's measure. We have to we have to be able to measure in order to manage. Then you've got prior to that, like when you started originally that purpose, making people feel mm-hmm. like they're belonging as part of it. What mm-hmm. are the results that people can expect if they are engaged in an ERG? So you've gave a good example for yourself personally, but what are some of the success stories that you've seen of like people who've just been going hard, they believe in it, they're all about it, and they've had success from that, not only from the individual standpoint, but from the company standpoint. What does that bring to a company if you really go for it with your ERG? Yeah, there's a lot of things from... From an individual standpoint, I'm not the only person who I've seen who's had a huge career development based on their ERGs. I've seen so many people, I'm so proud of all of them, moving from hourly positions to salary positions. And that's new opportunity. And honestly, even the domino effect that that has, like even me moving into a new position and learning about equity and things like that, now I can spread that to the people around me and like tell them there's a there's a bigger world than you know, taking lunch breaks out here. Right. Um, Right. (laughs) Which a lot, it's sad, but a lot of people who are in these underrepresented communities, they don't know. Mm. So that's like, it definitely impacts the broader world. But in terms of the company, there are so many ways to measure ROI there. You can directly link it um, and measure it to, uh, for instance, your recruiting strategy. Like, is this going to potentially decrease cost per hire is it gonna potentially are we gonna get more referrals through the erg program if we leverage them through marketing so many ways like oftentimes sometimes the marketing team can have trouble coming up with content like let's just say for linkedin or even for their social media well now you have a whole community of diverse people you don't just have to pull from your immediate team which may not be diverse but now you have a whole community of people who may have an interest in participating and in helping with the content. And they might be really excited to do a blog post where you might think it's an ask. They might, that might be a bonus for them. So there's so many ways, even just measuring like from a customer support standpoint, there might be a good amount of customers who are calling in, uh, reporting, giving feedback around DNI related issues. But if you don't track that, if you don't partner with the ERGs to like work to improve things or even back to recruiting, like is your recruiting process inclusive? Mm -hmm. There's so many ways that ERGs can contribute to a business. And honestly, we're at a time where businesses need to plug in um, and to have these diverse efforts more than ever, because nine times out of 10, they're not doing it in the most inclusive way. So I, I have a view on that, a strong opinion on that. Why do they need to do that, in your opinion? Uh, what happens if you don't do it? I mean, things stay the way they are, which I think is, I I would say is bad. Yeah. But I know, unfortunately, some people are comfortable with the way things are. And that's also what the fight right now with DNI is, is combating. Um, but just the fact that, by doing things that aren't inclusive, now you're leaving out an opportunity to have new ideas, fresh perspectives, like people who, there's just so many benefits of having diverse people on the team and using your product. I mean, 
And yeah. I always go back to the business case because nine times out of 10, that's what executives want to hear. But people might not be purchasing or using whatever your business sells because you're not diverse. And that's agree. on you. 100% it agree. could be that easy just to fix it. So, yeah. So, and, and so I'll go back to like the open table thing. Like I've been using open table for years and I love open table. Now, um, it makes me like open table even more that you're the community manager and you're doing a great job and they've got these ERG. That makes me feel good. Now, had I have found that a company like that was doing something that was untoward, mm-hmm. I'd be less likely to spend. And I, I'm starting to notice as time gets on, as you get a bit older and you, you, you're a bit more conscious about the, the dollars you spend in certain mm-hmm. areas, you may not check it out initially because you might need that thing right there and then. But then when mm-hmm. you reverse back on it, it's like, hang on a minute. If this company actually care about people or black people like mm-hmm. for your second purchase so i think there's a big business case for that second purchase as well as it just creating high performance teams and some of the key things you mentioned which i love around like marketing mm. is like everyone's trying to figure out like what's the next marketing thing and the best ideas are usually right in front of you so mm-hmm. if you ask people and like you said and it's not it feels like an ask to you because you're asking to do stuff but for them it's like visibility again i can be on yeah. the blog and i remember like yeah, when I was on inside sales coming up, I got a similar story to you. I had no degree. I became a Fortune 500 exec off of that. And mm. when I used to get asked to do certain things, might seem like an ask to them, but I was all game. I was like, yeah, I'll speak yep. on stage. Yeah, I'll do it. And people are, are willing to do that if you give them that opportunity. So I think providing that space for the visibility is key. Um, yeah. Macy, I, I'm really enjoying the conversation and discussion, and I want to make sure that we, we still remain concise and people can go away with some gems. Are there any other things uh, that you think are worth mentioning that we haven't discussed today when it comes to ERGs that are just really really key for you to be able to drive a successful program? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I don't, I don't even think I've said this on LinkedIn yet, but my biggest tack into a successful ERG program is treating it like a successful business. So I learned good business tactics more than anything. I learned marketing and then marketing shows up within the ERG. How are you internally marketing your ERG? I learned sales tactics and it's almost like with each event, we're selling people on participating. We're not selling it in a way so that they have to pay, but they have to pay in time. So you have to learn how to be a good salesman. These are, yeah, learning how to be a good business person will directly translate to leading a good ERG. Mission statements, same thing, shows up in business. All these things, data shows up in business. So if you want to improve your ERG or just an ERG program, or even if you're really just interested in doing more in this space, learning business is the key. It's so broad. There's so many ways to learn business, quote unquote, but information's out there. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. I think to your point, ensuring that you have the right structure that's what we talked about which is about business you're not going to set up a business if you don't have any structure no one knows what they're doing you've got the right governance as you mentioned ensuring Mm -hmm. that you've got the right cadence as well Mm -hmm. you understand how to spend budgets it's all business related and I think if you go into with that mindset your results are going to be far greater than others and uh look I really appreciate you your time your energy and effort into this space because too many times it's been given, as I mentioned, just to like a random person inside the organization who doesn't know what to do and they want to help, but they feel overwhelmed. So uh, 
You're doing great work, Maceo. Please continue, as I'm sure you will. And we're here to support for you to grow and flourish. And thank you for being part um, of the ERG podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Definitely. I think that this is a great platform. So, yeah, happy to be here. You're welcome.